Welcome to a fantastic word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, an associate pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We are so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Well, listen, uh, we are going to jump straight into the word of God today. You guys ready for the word? All righty. The title of the message today is Why We Do What We Do. Why We Do What We Do. You know, today um, I believe that um, everybody is going to have something that they can take home today. Whether you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, whether you have just begun following, with Je- following Jesus, or maybe you're considering faith in Christ. Wherever you are in your walk, I believe that today everybody will have something that you can take away from today's message. And that is our responsibility is for us to find something to, uh, to take home. And, and, you know, and we should steward God's voice in our life. You know, we, it, you know, it's something that we do normally. You know, if you go to school, you steward uh, what is being taught. Whenever you go to work, you're steward what you're supposed to do. And also when we come before God, it's important for us to, to remember and to write down what God is speaking to us. You know, I don't know, you know, if you're like me, then, uh, you know, you forget a lot of things. You know, if the, you know, if the grocery list gets more than three, you know, Melinda has to write it down for me because I'm going to forget. You know, I mean, you know, and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> you know, Melinda, you know, she, you know, she has to write some things down for me. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, but it's a responsibility that we should take that when, uh, that when we come before God, whether it's in church or whether it's in our, in our time alone, that we take time to write down what God is speaking to us. Amen. And so I believe that everybody will have something today. And today, you know, I'm just a mouthpiece, and unfortunately, it's me today, not Pastor Ron. But God can use anybody. Amen? So listen, let's go ahead and pray, and then we're going to jump straight into the Word. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, that you, Lord, have prepared, Lord God, um, God, us, Father, today, Lord God. Lord God, we are all here for a reason today, Lord. And I pray, God, that you, Lord, God, would open up our eyes and open up our ears, open up our heart, God, to receive the Word of God today, Lord. We thank you, God, and we do it for you. In Jesus' name, if you believe this, say amen and amen. Well, as I said, the title of the message is Why We Do What We Do. You know, there are a lot of things that we do in life that require our time, that require our attention, that require our energy, and at times can be mundane. You know, things that you have to get up and do, you know, do over and over again, and then the next day you got to get up and do it again. The next day, you know, you got to do it, you know, you got to do it again. You know, one of the things, one of those things might be work, you know, you know, so sometimes, you know, It's hard to get up, you know, the next day for work. But you know what? We do it. You know, sometimes it's parenting. You know, it can be difficult sometimes. You know, when you're tired, you're exhausted, and, you know, you just got back from work, and, and, you know, baby girl, little buddy, you know, wants to play. You know, or you wake up, and it's, it's, you know, and, and, and at times, it can be difficult. You know, marriage. Well, maybe I should leave that alone. You know, maybe I'll just leave that one alone. But... You know, but, you know, at times it can be difficult. But you know what? There's a reason why we do. You know, there, there is something, there's a motivating factor that drives us to continue to do it even when it's difficult. And we continue to do it day in and day out. And you know what? The same goes for us as a church. You know, why do we do what we do as a church? 
Why do we do what we do as believers, as Christians? You know, there are times when it gets difficult. There are times that are hard. You know, why do we do all the things that we do around the world? Why do we continue to persevere when it gets difficult? Why do we continue to stand in the gap when we're not seeing um, um, the fruit of our prayer, the fruit of our labor? You know, why do we continue to do what we do? Well, we're going to look to the book of Colossians today to answer that question for us. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Colossians. It's in the New Testament. And, um, you know, I remember being a young man, uh, being in church, and, and a lot of the, you know, I felt like everybody knew what the pastor was talking about except for me when he was talking and when he was preaching. There were so many things I didn't know. And uh, I wish that, you know, that somebody, you know, could have caught me up. And so I, whenever I preach, I, I usually, you know, I like to take a moment just to catch everybody up. I don't want to assume that everybody knows the same thing. And so what we're going to do real quick, we're going to uh, uh, bring everybody up to speed. We're going to be in chapter one. And, uh, and so everybody kind of, that we have an opportunity to go together. So um, the book of Colossians is a letter actually written by a man named Paul. You can read about Paul in the book of Acts. And um, he's writing to the church in Colossae. And Colossae is a city that was located in modern-day Turkey. It connects Europe and in the Middle East. And so uh, if you were to go there today, some of you have gone with Pastor Ron, and you've been to Colossae. You got to see the ruins. I wish I could go one day. I hope to go. But uh, you could go to Colossae today and see the ruins. And it was there that the church, that there was a church that Paul was writing to. Okay, and so, um, but there, uh, it most likely, the, the church in Colossae was made up of small gatherings in different homes. So whenever Paul wrote this letter, it most likely was read and then circulated to all these different churches, okay? So Paul is writing for a couple of different reasons. Um, number one, he's writing because he wants to encourage them that while these were believers, they were followers of Jesus, there was a new teaching that was getting into the church that was, that was causing them to turn away from the truth in Jesus to believe something that wasn't true, to believe something that couldn't save them. And in verses 21 through 23 in chapter 1, Paul, he is encouraging them. He reminds them of who they were before they found Christ, reminding us of who we were before Jesus found us. He tells them that formally that you were that you were alienated or that you were estranged. You were um, you were uh, you were far from God. You were strangers to God. In fact, he talks about that we were ex that we were excluded from God because. Uh, uh, because we didn't have Christ in our life. And not only that, the Bible says that we were enemies of God. I mean, that sounds kind of harsh. But the reason is because of sin. And now let me explain this. Now we may think, man, you know, that's kind of harsh that my sin separates me from God. Well, you think about it this way. If I was to leave here right now and I was to commit a grand theft auto and steal Pastor Ken's car and take off, you know, eventually I'm going you know, to get arrested and I'm going to go before a judge. And listen, I can tell them all day, listen, I'm a pastor. I'm a good man. I'm a good father. I do a lot of great things. You know, I've gone to Kenya. I've gone to India. I do all these great things. Come on, you got to forgive me, you know. I just wanted, you know, to go on a ride. And he's going to tell me, I'm sorry, but I'm not judging you on the good things you've done. I'm judging you on the law that you broke. 
you broke a law and there's a penalty for it. And most likely I'd go to prison, okay? Well, it's the same with God. In the court of God, he's a perfect judge. And when we break God's law, his moral law, there is a penalty. And the penalty is separation from God. But thanks be to God for Jesus. That is the reason why he sent Jesus. Jesus came for one reason and one reason only, and that was to pay for the penalty that we ourselves could not pay. We could not do enough good to cover up, even if it was just one. Jesus, he died so that we would not have to, amen? And so he said, formerly you were separated from God, but now you have been reconciled to God. Reconcile, it's, you know, reconcile is, is things being made right, right? You know, if two people, you know, they are, you know, they are, they are estranged and they're separated and, 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 you know, they're at odds with one another, there's an intervention and eventually they are reconciled. Things are made right between the two, okay? That's exactly what Jesus did because he paid for the penalty and, and, and he took our death. Now we have been made right with God. We get to stand before him and we have an eternity with Christ, a promise with him that we get to spend eternity with Jesus, with God in heaven. Isn't that a good deal? Man, that is great. And so he says, formerly you were, you were separated, but now through Christ you have been brought to him. And he says, if. If you continue in the faith, his encur- he was encouraging and challenging them, don't fall for a truth that cannot save you. We have to make sure that we are standing in the truth and that we do not let anything shake us off. Amen? So that was the first thing that he wrote about, and, and, or, or the, the first reason why he wrote. The second reason was because some of these same people who were coming and, uh, and they were teaching this odd and different teachings, they were also trying to discredit Paul because Paul, when he wrote this letter, he was in prison. Paul was in prison. And, they were th- and he was thinking, listen, if he really was trustworthy, then why is he in prison? And, you know, for them, they're like, man, that's a pretty good question. I mean, you know, I mean, why should I trust a guy who's in prison? I mean, you know, what did he do to get in prison? So they're asking this question like, you know, uh, you know why, are, why, are you in, why are you in jail? You know, what's going on? What do we not know? And Paul, he begins to answer that question here in verse 24. And we're going to pick that up, verse 24 through verse 29. We're going to read this verse by verse, and we're going to get to where we're going, Okay. So let's go ahead. Uh, scripture will be on the screen behind me, or if you're watching online, you'll find it on the screen in front of you. So let's go ahead and begin in verse 24. This is what Paul says. He says this, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Let's stop there for a second. Okay, who says that? <laughs> I rejoice that I am suffering. You know, anybody that I know, you know, for me, I don't get excited when I'm having to endure some things, okay? Whenever I'm having to go through suffering. But, you know, you know, I don't think any of us gets really excited, you know, whenever, you know, uh, you know whenever we have to, you, you, know, you know, whenever, you know, your AC breaks down and now you got to buy a new one, you know, you know, or, you know, whatever it may look like. Nobody rejoices over suffering. But Paul, he's saying, I'm rejoicing in my suffering. What is he talking about? 
Remember, he's in prison. And the question, why is he in prison? He's not in prison because he, because he broke the law, because he did something bad. He's in prison because he was sharing Jesus. He was talking about Jesus. And I know that that's kind of crazy for us here in America to imagine that somebody could go to prison for talking about Jesus. But, you know, that, that can't happen because we live here in America. I'm so glad that I live in the U.S. of A. I'm so glad that I have the freedom to be able to do that. Amen? We are blessed here in this country. But, not, but that, can't be this, that, that can't be said the same about every other country. You know, you can't talk about Jesus even today in some countries or you will be arrested. You could be killed. At the very least, many times you will be cut off from your family. In fact, there are people, there are some in our congregation who have gone through that very thing where their family disowned them because they were following Jesus. So I know that's hard for us to believe that that is what he was going through. He was suffering. He was in prison. But he says that he's in prison for their sake. It was for Jesus. He's saying, listen, I'm happy that I'm going through this because it's about Jesus and it's for your sake. And then he continues. He says, in my flesh, in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is the church. Now, what in the world does that mean? He says that I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Well, Christ's afflictions, he's talking about Jesus going to the cross. But he says that there is something lacking with Jesus going to the cross. You know, let me tell you what he's not saying. He's not saying that what Jesus did on the cross was not enough. The last words that Jesus said, the three last words before he died, before he took his last breath was, it is finished. What Jesus did on the cross was enough to save your soul. It was enough to get you, to make you right before God. He did everything he needed to do. So when we place our faith in Christ, we can be sure that we are on our way to heaven. So what was Paul talking about? He was saying what was lacking was that there were people who didn't know about what Jesus did for him. You know, Jesus can die, and he can die multiple times. He could have died a thousand times, not literally, but figuratively. He could have died a thousand times, but if nobody heard about it, what would it matter? Paul, he was fulfilling, he was completing the gospel by sharing it with others. And that's how he ended up in prison. And he's saying that, that this, I am willing to endure. I am willing to go through hardship. I am willing to be in prison. I am willing to go through what I am going through so that somebody can hear about Jesus. Man, I'm so thankful for the people in my life, what they went through to make sure that I heard about Jesus. You know, because the way I was headed in my life, you know, I, you know I, the, way, the direction I was going wasn't gonna be very good. But I'm so thankful for the young lady named Jenny who used to come to my house all the time. And I used to tell her, no, I don't wanna go to church. 
I mean, you know, and she'd walk her dog at like 6.30 in the a.m., you know, you know, 6.30 in the morning. I don't know why but she did it so early, but she did. She was a teenager. And she would invite me to church all the time, and I would keep telling her no. And she just kept asking us, kept asking us. And eventually I said yes. Eventually I said yes, and I went to church, and, and then I went to church camp. And when I went to church camp, I went because they had a basketball tournament, and there was a really cute girl that I wanted to go and be around. That was the only reason why I went. But, man, let me tell you, when I went that, that day, man, I, man, Jesus changed my life. I gave my life to him, and he saved my soul. Amen? Amen. Listen, where were you? Do you remember when Jesus saved your soul? It was because somebody was willing to do it. Somebody made sure that you got in church. Somebody made sure that they shared the truth with you. Somebody did it, and this is what the apostle Paul was doing. You see, this is why we do what we do. When you think about all the things that we do as a church, why you know, would, would people, 34 people hop on a plane, spend $3,500 of their hard-earned money and go across the world and spend time you know, around in a dump site building homes with flies and, and dirt and it stinks and it smells bad? You know, why would they do that? So that somebody can hear about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about him. Why do, we, why do we dig water wells you know, around the world? Over 700 water wells. You know, why do we do the things that we do? For, you know, I mean, all the stuff that we do, we do it for one reason and one reason only. Ultimately, that somebody would find Jesus. And then the same thing as believers. You know, if you're like me, you have people in your life that you're still hoping and believing will come to Christ. And you know, there are times in our life that we may have to stretch and endure a little bit in order that they may see Christ. You know, I think about um, the, uh, you know, I think about my brother, you know, who many, you know, all of you know, you know, he's, you know, he's lived here for the last year, but, you know, two, you know, you know, before two years ago, you know, he was an atheist, and I, and I remember years ago, I would try, and I would try, and try, and, and I was doing my best to, to love him out of my own strength, and next thing you know, we start arguing, you know. But then somebody told me I just needed to be his brother and love him as a brother, and I allowed God's love to, to endure the things that he said, the things that he did, and next thing you know, Little by little, my brother started to come around. He started to be around. And next thing you know, he came. He went on a mission trip with our young adults, and he gave his life to Jesus like that. Man, 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 we've been praying for him for years. But, you know, it took, it took me getting out of the way and, 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 and allowing Jesus' love to flow through me. You know, sometimes we're going to have to stretch ourselves a little bit. You know, we may have to, you know, we, have, we may have to pray, you know, a little bit more than we're comfortable with. You know, we may have to love them with more love than we have the capability of doing. You know, we may have to open up our home. We may have to spend a little more time with them. There's things that we may have to do that may not come natural to us, but you know what? Through but Jesus gives us the ability to do what it takes to love the people in our life. Because if he can do it for you, he can do it for them. Amen? Your love, I learned this, 
that your love is not enough to transform a person's life. Your love alone. My love was not enough. You know, if I love somebody with my love, all they're going to see is Marcus. But there is a love on the inside of me through Jesus that whenever I can love them and serve them, that they can see Jesus. Jesus will transform a person's life. Amen? He continues in verse 25. Which of which, talking about the church, of which I became a minister or a servant according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations, but now revealed in his saints. He says a lot here, but he's saying that, that, that God gave him the responsibility of, of, of sharing the truth with everyone, but he talks about a mystery that was hidden. You know, in the Old Testament, you have the Old Testament and then the New Testament in the Bible. And in the Old Testament, you know, we, you can be described as, it, the Old Testament can be described as the New Testament concealed and the New Testament can be described as the Old Testament revealed. There were things that God, while he did mighty and powerful things through people in the Old Testament, it was all through one nation and there was something that he kept hidden from them that he was going to reveal through Christ. And one of those things, you know, he kept hidden from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joshua, the judges, the kings, all of the prophets. There was one thing, that, there were a couple of things that he, that he was not revealing. One of them was that although that he made one nation, the nation of Israel, his people, there was going to be a day that he was going to make all nations his people. But then secondly, he talks about a, a mystery that is inside of us. Verse 27, he says, God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I know that this is not like crazy to us because we hear it all the time. But can you imagine? You know, it's, it's hard for us to imagine, but being someone who's been brought up and taught one thing for your entire life. And then, you know, because in the Old Testament, God, he was limited. His presence was limited to a box, to, to the Ark of the Covenant. And wherever it went, God's presence went. And he resided in a temple. He resided in a tabernacle that was built by bricks and with fabrics and by hands. But he was pointing to a day where his presence would no longer reside in a temple made of bricks, but he was going to reside, reside in a temple that was built of flesh and bone. And he's talking about us today. Jesus Christ lives on the inside of us. And that was something that was mind-blowing. It couldn't even be fathomed. But that is the truth. He lives, he resides on the inside of us. The Bible describes our bodies as a sanctuary of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that crazy to think about? That our bodies, that he made us the dwelling place of his presence. It's incredible. But this is what Paul was wanting them to understand, that Jesus, the hope of glory that lives on the inside of you, he talks about it being a glory. When I think about glory, I think about, you know, what people know us for. You know, the thing that, that we leave behind. You know, there are some people who find their glory in how much money they have. 
There are some people who find their glory in their accomplishments. There are some people who find their glory in how many people know their name. There are some people who find their glory in what they own. There's some people who find their glory in what they do. But as believers, there is something that, that, that is greater than those things, that our glory is not just found in those things. Our glory is found in the one who lives on the inside of us, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the hope of glory for us and also for the world. Inside of us holds the hope for the world. You know, I, I, I just think about Jesus living on the inside of us. You know, Jesus, he said to his disciples before he would leave, you know, uh, Pastor Ken, he actually brought a great message this morning in the first service talking about some of the last things that Jesus left with his disciples before he would go to the cross. And one of the things he talked about was how that when we receive him, that he and his father would come inside of our hearts and he would make their, our heart, their home. You know, when we're born again and we receive Jesus, he lives on the inside of us, but he wants to dwell, which is a little different. The word dwell, for Christ to dwell in our hearts, means that it's, it's the difference between somebody coming to visit your home. You know, when some, you know, people come to our house and they come to visit your home, you say, hey, make yourself at home. But we don't really mean like, you know, Go and, you know, bring your stuff over and start, you know, taking, you know, like, we just mean, you know, you know, kick back, relax. But the difference between dwelling is not just coming and visiting, but they come and make your house their home. Jesus wants to make our heart his home. You know, if we keep with that same theme, you know, he wants to come in and change our furniture, he wants to come in and, and, and change what we hang on our walls. He wants to go in our pantry and get rid of the hot Cheetos. I like hot Cheetos. <laughs> you know, he wants to come in there and change our, you know, he wants to change what we eat, what we consume. You know, he, when Jesus comes into our life, he wants to change our thoughts. He wants to change uh, um, our desires. He wants to change what we consume. He wants to change us from the inside out. You know, when we try, you know, sometimes we try to change things from the outside in and it seems like we can never get rid of it. It's because we're designed to be changed from the inside out and Jesus can do that. And we allow him, when we allow him to have access to our heart, then he will begin to generate love within us. He will begin to generate the love that we need to show the people around us what Jesus has done on the inside of us. Amen. He wants to dwell in our life. But this is why we work so hard. This is why we do what we do. This is why we continue to love the people in our families. This is why we continue to travel the world. Why we continue to plant churches and dig water wells and provide relief. Why we provide food. You know, why we do the things that we do. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him so that someone would know Christ. It's just about him. You know, if we were to take a step back beyond today, beyond our week, beyond this month, you know, the calendar school year that's coming up, we, you know, if we were to take a step back beyond, you know, our life, all the way back into eternity, if we were to take a step back all the way, 
I believe that there's only one thing that truly matters, and it's whether we know Jesus or not. And that is the perspective that Jesus encouraged his disciples to live with, that Paul encouraged the Colossians to live with, and what God also wants us to keep in mind, the perspective to have. And you know, serving Jesus is not always easy, but it is always worth it. Amen? Anybody agree with me? Serving Jesus is not always easy. It's difficult at times, but man, it is always worth it. There's a few takeaways um, that I would like to share with everyone. Number one is that what we do is all about Jesus. Let us remember, you know, if, if we ever wonder why, man, why am I getting up for church again? You know, why? Why, you know, why do we do all these things all the time? You know, uh, you know, you know, it gets difficult waking up and spending time with Jesus. It gets difficult standing in the gap for the people that we love. Why do we do it? Why do we do all the things that we do? It's for Jesus. It's for him. That's the only reason why we're still here. You know, if it, if, if, if it was all about going to heaven, then once we get saved, man, I mean, God might as well just zap us back up, you know, you know to heaven, right? I mean, you know, that would be simple. That would be the easiest thing. But there is a responsibility that we have to help complete the work of Christ. That is by sharing Jesus and bringing what he did to the world, to the people in our life. In fact, there are people in your life that only you can reach, that I believe that God has given you the responsibility and maybe only you to share Jesus with. And if you don't, maybe somebody else will not. There's a responsibility that we all have to share with Jesus, to, to, to share with others about Jesus. Because at the end of the day, it's all about him. Number two, people should know us for who lives inside of us. People should know us for who lives inside of us. You know, when people, people you know, know me, you know, uh, you, know, you know, they know I love Jesus, but they know I love my family. I love my girls. They know I love basketball. I love to hoop, you know, and they know I love food. <laughs> I, I love to eat. Love Southeast Texas. Amen. Come on. Some of the best food in the world. But if that's the only thing that they know about me, then there's something that I'm missing. People should know me for more than just those things. They should know me also for Jesus. You know, people are going to know you for what you love. People are going to know you for what you do. People are going to know you for what you're good at. People are going to know you for the things, you know, they're going to know you for all those things, but let it not be the only thing that they know about you. Let it also be, be, be what they know is Jesus on the inside of you. Aren't you thankful for what Jesus did in your life? Come on, man. Man. Let us, let, let us, be, let us be mindful that, that people need to know about Jesus. In fact, I think that people want to know. They want to know that it's real. And then number three, as I said before, serving Jesus is not always easy, 
but it is always worth it. Always. It's always. It's worth the sacrifice. It's worth the sacrifice. It's worth having to endure, having to persevere. It's worth it. Now listen, I'm not talking, you know, the, the, you know, Suffering for Christ, you know, enduring for Christ. I'm not talking about, you know, you know, if you, you know, if you did something, broken the law. I'm not talking about that. You know, that's, you know, that's 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 different. But we're talking about having to endure because of Jesus, because we're we're standing in the gap for someone else, or that we are doing it for, uh, um, ultimately for the gospel, going around the world and doing all the things that we do. It is always worth it. It's worth it in the end. Man, it's worth it. Let me encourage you today to remember that what we do is all about Jesus, that people should know us for who is on the inside of us, and that serving Jesus is always worth it. Let us be willing to continue to endure. That is why what we do, that is why we do what we do. Let us not lose perspective that at the end of the day, it's all about him. In fact, there might be some people here, maybe you have not given your life to Jesus. I remember, man, you know, uh, whenever uh, the first time that I went up and prayed the prayer and I walked to the front, you know, you know the church and, and you, know, I, you know, I went and prayed the prayer and then I walked into the back room and I prayed the prayer and I did all that. But in the back of my mind, I, I was like, you know, I, I know that's, you know. I was praying the prayers, I was in the motions, but it wasn't a real decision. And I went back to doing everything I was doing before. But it was different the second time because I realized something. You know, there are some things that are important for us to know. Number one, we have to realize that we need Jesus. We need Jesus. Without him, we're headed for an eternity separate from God. We need him. Realize that we need Jesus. Number two, we have to repent. We have to turn away from our past. And then number three, we receive the free gift of salvation. Today you may be here and you, maybe you have not given your life to Jesus. Well, today will be your day. We're gonna go in and pray real fast. I want you to close your eyes and we're gonna pray here. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Marcus, I know that I've not given my life to Jesus. I, I'm not 100% sure that if I was to go, with be, to go to be with Jesus that I'd be on my way to heaven. If that's you, we're gonna pray a prayer. We're gonna pray this prayer and I want you to pray it in your heart. I want you to mean it. And Jesus, he's gonna meet you right where you are. The words that you are saying right now, it's, there's no power in the words. There's power in your faith and you believing in him, okay? So we're gonna pray. And when you pray this prayer, I want you to pray it to Jesus and asking him to forgive you. Everybody, let's pray with them. Let's say, Jesus, thank you for loving me and thank you for dying for me. I am sorry for what I've done. Forgive me of my sin. And I realize that I need you. Help me to follow you. I turn from my past and I turn away to you, or I turn towards you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Listen, the Bible says that if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, the Bible says that you are born again, amen? You are born again. And there's a couple of things I wanna encourage you to do. Number one is I wanna encourage you to find a good church. If you're in this area, this is a great church. 
Amen. I promise you, you know, uh, you know, about almost, you know, 35 of our people are gone, plus people are on, you know, are on vacation. But this is a great church. But, you know, find a church. Number two, I want to encourage you to get in your word. If you don't have a Bible, we can give you one. Number three, we have a free gift that we'd like to give to you, a book that will help you in your walk. But if the, it's all about Jesus. And if, you're, and if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you will begin your walk with Jesus. And today will be the beginning of an eternity with him. Amen. Amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us for this incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.